This show reminds me of my daddy. He built this show in 1984 with his bare hands. And it became a staple of our community. It meant something then, and it means something now. That's why I don't like when we get two rascals coming here and shaking things up. <laughs> Didn't really have an end point for this. It's County Line! So are you the sheriff of Grunt County I, and I'm the sheriff of Work County and and <laughs> yes. and we're just like best friend cops. That's the idea. Oh my god. I had so it took me a long time to get that relationship dynamic down. Um well, and we'll get into it. But I, okay. I initially for like the first fifteen minutes of this movie had questions about their relationship uh, and <laughs> thought that we were heading down a very different type of movie than we did. Did, did you did, wait? No, no. Okay, Landon, be honest with me. Did yeah. you really think that this action-oriented movie produced for a uh, like a digital cable channel that primarily shows westerns targeted at a male southern and midwestern audience? Did you really think it was going in any direction <laughs> other wait, wait, than wait, wait, wait. Oh, men okay. with big feelings being friends? We 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 have a lot to unpack, even in just what you said. Um, yes, I did, and I'll explain myself in a minute. So. Before we get too deep, let's let's uh, let's bring people up to snuff on what we're doing this week. We're bringing people up to speed. I think up to snuff is a bringing something up to snuff is like it's implying that our listeners are in poor quality and they need to be built up by <laughs> well, us. Whereas, in fact, our listeners are good people who are routinely brought down by listening to us. So, I well, I don't know. I would say the uh, that distinction really really pivots on whether or not they've seen County Line. Because if they if they haven't seen County Line yet, we do need to bring them up to snuff. Yes. Okay. Well, let's. Yeah. So. So. Um, uh, what is one to say about the movie County Line? How does one describe? Would you like me to to yeah. take a crack at it? Give us a give us a synopsis, and I'll talk about some of the uh, people behind the scenes. So County Line is a mystery movie, an action-oriented mystery uh, about a former county sheriff who gets wrapped up in investigating the attempted murder of his best friend, the current sheriff of the neighboring county. And uh, in the process of figuring out who shot his friend, he uncovers a whole lot of local corruption and a whole lot of really colorful characters who are all kind of different <laughs> different flavors of kind of tweaker versions of uh, of mm -hmm. major celebrities. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh wow! I, I I wouldn't mind breaking that open for about ten minutes. I, I, okay, and you're right. And you know what? Tw tweaker is a, is a pejorative term for people who are uh, people who have drug problems. Needless to say, there's a bunch of kind of uh, <laughs> Kro say, Kroger brand celebrities. You were, I mean, it was a perfect description of what they are. I mean, they are tweaker brand celebrities. Uh, yes. So, um, yeah. But so it's a mystery. There's some investigating a little bit. There's a lot of. Sh there's some shooting. There's some beating up. There's some man tears. Um, it's kind of a kind of a Rockford Files episode that that kind of crashed a little bit with the Dukes of Hazard episode. Maybe now there's not really enough car chasing for that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we do have Bo Duke with us. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, we are in his in his capable, sweaty, shaky hands. Um, 
So yeah, so we'll we'll explain the plot more as as we get into it a little bit because I think that there are some twists and turns along the way. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the behind the scenes. Um, this is written and co or co written and directed by Chase Sizemore, who looks like uh mostly sticking to TV and shorts, um, TV movies, I should say. Uh, but has written for thirty two. He has. 32 different credits. Um, a remarkable note. A lot of them seem to be like short web content, I think. Well, I don't know. I'm looking at uh, some of the other uh, directing credits um, and looks like a lot of the same. In fact, mm. the, the first couple I clicked on actually had recurring actors from this movie in them. So, uh, But you could be right. They could be, instead of TV well, movies, web movies. Well, yeah, I mean, just because like I'm, I'm going to read a run of the of the five movies he made in 2020 uh okay. tied up right. rubble decoys busker brunch broken bread oh wait there's more uh penny the warrant blue ridge and low country and some of those are shorts okay yeah yeah i mean i'm just saying he could either either he's on speed either he's got clones or either these are very short movies well i don't know i mean do you think there were more than one or two t- how long do you think it took to film county line let's let's start there I think that it took, I think that it took probably a tight month to, to really? shoot County. Maybe, I don't know, but I also, you've actually directed, I've kind of just been on set and I tend to, I, I know that Patricia Richardson probably shot her part in two days max, maybe one, yeah, depending yes. on how long it took to film a scene in which she <laughs> shoots a man, which is yeah. a highlight and, for me. I mean, and she was accused of doing that. <laughs> And undue influence. I, she's been prepared, and she and she had a romantic uh, entanglement with Tom Wopat on Home Improvement. So really, she's I, been I training for this role her whole life. <laughs> and um, I, I don't know if it really. I don't. I honestly don't know if all the method stuff pays off in in this role necessarily. Well, <laughs> we'll 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 get to that. In how, time. how long do you, how long do you think it took to shoot the film County Line? I, I I was looking up to see if there's information on it. I don't see anything. If I had to guess. The, these TV movies are shot pretty low budget uh, pretty quickly. That's their whole thing, which is mm-hmm. why they can cast the people that they do. Uh, <laughs> and I want to get into the casting of this as well. Um, I, I would say max 12 days. 12 days? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess because, yeah, there's not really intense stunts. There is some shooting and a little bit of fighting, I, but it's all yeah. cut up so much that I well, guess it's not. Yeah. Yeah, think of think of this. Like Roger Corman kind of uh, uh, originated that method of filming. Like we have these sets, we have these actors on contract, uh, we have the equipment. While we're here, why shoot one movie when we could shoot three movies and you know split mm-hmm. them up and send them out? Um, if, if that was originated with like B movies and you know horror f- flicks and stuff, um, by <laughs> 2017, like companies would see, oh, we can turn. A penny if we were able to crank these things out quickly and i think that hallmark and lifetime and a bunch of these places recognize that production method which is why they can churn out so many movies you know all year round uh yeah so i i think and the only way to do that is with a very short uh a turnaround time with their their filming Th- that is fair that is fair and, and i will say that county line really i would describe it as Kind of a hallmark movie for dudes who send death threats to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Twitter. <laughs> was, I was going to wait for this, but uh, 
on Letterboxd, and there are only 13 reviews on Letterboxd for this movie. <laughs> Is there about to be a 14th? I, I want to call out the person because the second I saw, heard this term, saw this term, she put it in one of her reviews, or for her review for this movie, uh, she called it a Hallmark Western. And yeah, I'm actually, like, holy yeah. shit. I know exactly what you're talking about with that term, even though I've never heard the term on its own. Uh, yeah, it's it's a whole. I was opened up to a whole new genre, and having like experienced County Line, I want more. So you're so you're you're up on County Line. You're pro County Line. I am. I loved this movie. Uh, really, which is to say, I love Stop Making Sense. <laughs> I love. Uh, I don't know, Citizen Kane. I love yeah, he, well-made yeah. movies. This is this is news to our longtime listeners that Landon likes movies and indeed likes good ones and classy ones. Uh, <laughs> I also love Birdemic with all of my heart, and mm-hmm. so I think it's it's more taking a movie on its own terms, and if it can fulfill what it's trying, you know, <laughs> trying to do, if it properly fills the space it's trying to fill. I I can get really into it. And so for what County Line is trying to do, I think it delivers more than it promises. That's, you know what? That's very interesting. And I'm looking forward to getting into that. Do you think that your review is maybe slightly colored by the fact that there are zero bears in this movie? It could quite well be. <laughs> I this won't this... lie. Although there were moments where I'm like, where does this take place? <laughs> Well, th- this is this is also the yeah. This is the first movie we've watched in a while that doesn't either feature Tim Allen or bears. So you you might just be you might just be having okay, the same I'll... kind of yeah. This is this is Stockholm syndrome. No, it's not <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. This is when you Nightingale syndrome. You fall in yeah. love with your nurse or something. <laughs> well, when I rewatch this, which will inevitably happen, uh, I will let you know if that's the case. Um. Well, yeah. Well, so so go on. What do you have? Do you have more about about behind the scenes? Like, oh, yeah. What else okay. have you got? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, the writers. Uh, so Shea Sizemore co-wrote this with two people named John Napa and Jason White. Uh, doesn't look like they have uh too many credits as of yet. Yeah, and and John Napa uh, had some history in children's television. He wrote a uh, a <laughs> super snoopers. Yeah, no, yeah, super, no, no, it's called Pappy Land, uh, and it's, if you, if you look it up online, it's a pretty wild, uh, old-timey prospector character who, uh, will teach kids how to draw with green screens and puppets and tell stories, um, I, I don't know, like, I, it's, it honestly looks charming to me, but I'm just, you know, this was in the late 90s, kind of, like, surfing <laughs> that, that Nick wave, and, and that wave has crested and crashed at, uh, at County Line, I don't. I'm not sure if Pappy gets shot, and if if one of these big teddy bears has to go uh, has to go find his killer. I don't know if that is a recurring theme in Mr. Napa's work. Uh, what if I were to tell you? Uh, so I, I'm cutting ahead to the end of the episode. Uh, there's a sequel which you know about. Oh, County I know about Line, it. All in, and yes. another sequel is in post production right now. Mm-hmm. County uh, Line, No Fear. I mean, it doesn't. It really. Uh, my reaction is to not be particularly surprised at all. I mean, like Tom Tom Wopat's on the hook for this. Evidently, the first one did good numbers on streaming, and they figured, "Fuck it, let's spend another <laughs> let, let let's spend four million dollars total to make two more movies uh, that we will, um, you know, that will not really yeah. uh, need any marketing. It'll just show up, and people seem to like watching." But dude, oh my god, you got to look at the poster for County Line: No Fear. 
Oh, really? Because the because the poster for County Line is pretty good. County Line, no fear. It's brings in uh, another kind of actor who's gone by the wayside um, as a sort of Ed Harris in Westworld vibe, the Man in Black. Oh, oh my God! De- oh, is this Denise Richards or Denim Richards? Is there a, a man <laughs> named De- oh, Cas- I, it's Denim oh, okay. Richards? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Casper Van Dien. Hello, Sergeant Rico. Coming to these two <laughs> yes. counties. So, here's this is part of what's interesting to me. Maybe I'm okay. Stop me if I'm bigfooting more that you okay. want to say here. What I find interesting about the script for this movie is that uh, look, and I will agree with you. I, there is nothing. You're right. This movie is very, very good at at being what it is. It checks yeah. all the right boxes. It does everything right. And the script generally like like. You know, it it gets the job done. There are some plot holes and things that I don't quite understand <laughs> sure. logically that it's I need part to of talk the charm. about. Uh, part of the charm, certainly. But it, you know, it's like this is fine. Every scene that's there needs to be there, and they build some some good kind of emotional backing for the characters in there, and that that's all cool. Um, there was a level of kind of detail and almost richness to the setting that mm-hmm. made me think that this was based on some popular series of western novels modern day western novels <laughs> just like and, uh zane gray's great great grandson is writing a bunch of county line I, novels i mean <laughs> the yeah, alden like, rockwell files I, I mean <laughs> yeah basically that i think that it's um i don't know it feels like it feels like something where there have been like 40 books in this series and you can buy yeah. them as paperbacks at the airport because of just like the concept of that there's like what there's uh, Mil- Milberg County and like what Polk <laughs> County and each yeah. county and like people ha- the the two counties and they're adjacent to each other and the and the, the long time alliance between the sheriffs of the two counties and the <laughs> Prattlers and there there's so many conspiracies and weird characters and like kind of villain figures who are getting seeded yeah. throughout that I really thought okay these are just fan service for people who read the books but no it's honestly i'm i'm not maybe i'm not surprised really well world building for the movie this one sole movie which is why it's like that amount of care is being put into this for us like they didn't know they had two sequels ahead of them like this is just let's make a, a a fun mystery western let me let me let me back Water. up. Let me let, let me back up. I I think actually I'm gonna now disagree with you. I'm gonna say I think that they knew that they were gonna make three of these from the jump. I think mm. that I think that they probably signed Tom Wopat to make three movies. They hired the writers. They told them write one script and build some shit in there. Seed out some stuff. Like plan out like a trilogy. And then they probably intentionally wrote in characters like Zeke Van Zant, the mysterious kind of <laughs> underworld godfather of these two counties, yeah. but a gentleman who operates on a code of honor and 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 is like a good bad guy. Well, and and Maddie Hall, which is Patricia Richardson playing the the charming but take no shit uh, cafe owner. Uh, yes, is going to be the you know long scope uh, love interest. I would assume over these three because there's some flirting here, but he's still not over his dead wife yet. And an arm is placed on the back of a chair in the last shot of the movie that, to me, suggests things are moving <laughs> in a positive direction. She brought him a cupcake. It's, uh, no, no, no. This is this is well after the cupcake. Like they don't even touch during the cupcake scene. This is after. This is this is po- that po- post cupcake glow. Here's um, here's my question about the sequels, um, which I w- is going to be my segue into talking about this production company and the the broadcast network that originally aired this. Um, 
this originally aired on INSP, which is a, a TV network um, that – how would you describe it, German? I, I would describe it as um, one of those channels where you're at your parents' house and browsing through their <laughs> enormous cable package. Ooh, don't say enormous package. The, your point is you're on you're on channel like 576 and you see like a John Wayne movie from the yep. 70s or like like before he died. A, a, double, I mean. a double block of Texas, <laughs> Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, a double block of Walker, Texas Ranger. Maybe like a Jeff Foxworthy comedy special is going to be in the mix Ooh, at some point. That, it would I, be very late at night. Yes, it, like, yeah, late at, to kind of just fill the time before they uh, start showing Silverado for the fourth time that day. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like it's it's it was originally a, it, this channel was originally run by uh, Tammy Faye Baker and her husband, <laughs> the famous kind of scammer uh, televangelists, and then it was bought yeah. by some other scammer televangelists. <laughs> they were televangelists, yeah. and I tend to assume that televangelists are scammers. I can't say I for sure that these ones were. tend to agree with you, but... Uh, I guess I can't make blanket statements, but I feel yes. comfortable making it. So, <laughs> like, but, whatever. Yeah, but so basically at some point they, they kind of, in like 2010, they turned away from straight up Jesus to just sort of vaguely, you know, traditional Jesus-y themed Americana, uh, which is family programming and Westerns. Which is interesting. This is where I, what, okay. I think it's going to be the like the tone behind everything we talk about, I think, needs to have this context on it, which is inspirational content. Yes, because INSP stands for the Inspirational Network. You already went through, you know, the background of it. But OK, this is what I appreciated about this movie is that, yes, you can if you're really looking for it, you can see all of the like the family value shit that they're, you know, all the. Tick box, or, uh, check boxes that they're ticking along like okay we have to have family values great family comes first great um we need to support our troops okay we got a character yep. going to the military okay we got to respect the our, our boys in blue okay yes. check we got that so you know we can we can have a corrupt cop as long as we have two good cops out there uh <laughs> so so long as so long as most of the characters in this movie are cops we can have a couple of them be bad <laughs> But the thing is, so if you're really looking for that stuff, you can easily see it. However, I don't feel like this particular movie shoves it down your throat the way that, you know, something that Stephen Baldwin is currently starring in would do. I, 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 I definitely, you know, I completely agree with you. This this movie is political if you look at it in the sense of, like, 2020, 2021, where suddenly we're asking a lot of questions about policing and all that. Right. But it's not there's not really any religion in the movie yeah. there's not really any jesus to it and there's not any there's it would be very easy for this movie to go on a thing about how like oh, these these lawyers and you know prosecutors letting <laughs> right. the letting the criminals <laughs> right. out and beat were being too kind to the bad guys but this isn't this isn't <laughs> he, that he thought, he thought i stopped that crime with an illegal weapon well check out this one as he opens his trunk and pulls out some sort of gun yeah, oh god yeah. this country's fucked anyway yeah. go on <laughs> uh yeah well this country the, and this this movie kind of like the, the most political statement it seems to make is is wistfulness for um men like these to keep this yeah. country safe from bad guys but it doesn't really like i don't know yeah it doesn't 
yeah, it's a what, movie what, for what, a certain what, audience, but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like yeah. it's really shoving a message down your throat on that front any more so than just its genre is going to make it. The the biggest offense that I feel like this does is it, it tries so hard to be not controversial. It's like, okay, we got drug dealers, we've got you know, we've we've got some violence going on. Let's not cast anyone of color, not as a statement against people of color and casting them, but like let's just not even dip our toe in the waters of painting out someone in a negative light when we have no other representation on the cast. I, I honestly, I, I kind of respect it at that point. It's like they're, they're, they're the one black character is a doctor, but they could have. Yeah. But I mean, like good for them. Not. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like this movie could very easily get a bit uncomfortable if the people getting shot are all of any specific ethnicity. And it's these, yeah. you know, you know, these these old really, white dudes saving the day. Really, the variety we get is when we're in the, the drug dealer's uh, uh, <laughs> quarters. And it's really just, like, white guys with different haircuts. Yeah, I know. That's, that, like, that's all the um, that's all the diversity they have out there in rural Georgia is just it's different lengths of hair, uh, different amounts of facial hair. Yeah. Where, are you wearing a ski mask or are you wearing a motorcycle helmet for no reason? <laughs> Okay, let, let's get into this thing, because I, I, I want to start with where I was confused for the first 15 minutes. Uh, yes, yes. Now, I, now hopefully we will... Okay, we, we I was very broad in my overview, and I've been sitting here worrying, oh God, how are we going to make this make sense for people who maybe don't want to spend an hour and a half watching County yeah. Lines? So you, you could do much worse things with your time than watch this movie, and I, I would recommend, if you have the time and a half interest in seeing Patricia Richardson wield a so uh, shotgun in slow motion, it's worth your time. Yeah, but but not but still not necessary for this. We will make this worth your while no matter what choice you make. <laughs> um okay. So we start actually I can't, you know what? I'm going to start playing the movie in the background while we while we do this. Um yeah. what we we start with two two kind of parallel scenes. One takes place in the past and one is kind of happening currently. But one is Tom Opat losing his wife. You know, we 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 start on that, you know, that that age-old trope to get us to align with the hero. Uh, he's now a, <laughs> a tough guy, but a sad widower. Sad, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough guy with an axe to grind, and ladies, he's single. <laughs> but he's not emotionally there yet, so you're no. going to have to wait for him. Yes, exactly. You, that's why you better hope this movie gets a sequel, Patricia Richardson. <laughs> She's in both upcoming ones, so. Yeah, no, um, no, I, I, I looked at the poster, I saw it. I can't wait. Uh, so... So that's happening with Tom Opat. Uh, the other thing that's happening is um, Jeff Fahey arrives. He's the other cop, uh, other sheriff of, of the, the neighboring county, uh, the best friend to Tom Opat. It's Tom. It's the Tom Opat Jeff Fahey show. This is just a problem that I that that I had in taking notes on this script. I first, yeah. when I'm seeing Jeff Fahey's character at first in uniform, I'm I'm gonna okay. I'll call this guy sheriff, and then I realize, oh wait, <laughs> the other character. Currently is a sheriff. Okay, um, yeah. Wopat sheriff, and then, and then, then he there's... gets, then he gets ousted by another sheriff. So there are three sheriff characters in this movie. Yes, and then and then another guy is appointed acting sheriff, and I'm just thinking. <laughs> so you get your money's worth for sheriffs in the movie County Line. This movie delivers on yeah. the sheriff front. I I think you know I I feel like if Omar Sharif were still alive, he would have gotten a call <laughs> to be in this movie. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Um, okay, so I I don't want to take this you know beat by beat here, but what what confuses me is Jeff Fahey arrives at this warehouse because he's gotten a call from this local uh, uh, mechanic, and he's like sneaking up on this door and goes inside and um, help arrives and they surround the building. But Je- Jeff Fahey, you know, he's already embodying this renegade stands for justice sort of mentality, so he's going in because he he has no fear. Uh, mm-hmm. And he goes in and he sees a guy stripping a car for parts or I don't I don't know exactly what some sort of middling crime is happening. But in the back room, there's a, a bigger crime, a bigger deal going down. Uh, yes. The what biggest is crime it of exactly all. for? I don't, I don't know what this grand scheme is. That's one thing that I never picked up on. It seems to be some there are there are three local toughs known as the Prattlers who are kind of a hillbilly gang and they are holding up a a refined white collar local criminal uh, Zach Van Zant and it's basically they're that I see. Yes. See, you just cleared up my confusion. That's Truman. They are basically (laughs) there's this dispute they're having where they are trying to they are trying to get him to do basically he's paying them off to leave him alone and he is paying Uh them with money in an envelope that has these two red triangles on it so what confused me is i i didn't i thought that they were his minions and so when jeff fahey arrived some of the dialogue had me thinking that jeff fahey was in on a deal with them and didn't feel good about it but he was still like going through with it so like jeff fahey was shady to me uh, in the, the first 15 minutes here. So, yes, immediately when they get into the shootout, I'm like, what the f- what what is happening? I'm already confused, but it's 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 moving fast. It, 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 mo- it well, is it's moving. F- <laughs> it is moving fast, but it's also moving slow, which I will discuss in a second. But uh, y- yeah, it's. It is sort of it is sort of confusing up front it, because it's like there are the 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 sheriff is antagonistic to both. Uh, the guy in the suit and the uh, hillbillies holding him up and the hillbillies are antagonistic to the guy in the suit. There's like three different factions here. Yeah. I did not pick up on that. Yes. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot to throw at people in the first scene of something that I now realize isn't even based on a popular paperback novel. (laughs) So, so at least the people who read it are leaning over and explaining to their wife what all of this means. Uh, You know Um, what though, if the next two films are successful, I would not doubt that there would be, uh, a series of novels to follow. Oh man, that's that. Maybe maybe that'll be my next career. Maybe I'll maybe I'll stumble <laughs> into into writing the County Line series of of books that are sold at supermarkets. Um, Landon, but in all this talk about yeah. uh, cops and criminals and shootouts and violence, I think you're missing by far the most exciting part I, of the opening of the movie. I know exactly Folks, what you're going to talk about, guys. Are you ready this, for it? As soon as this started, I'm like, oh my god, this is. This is calling to Truman uh, right out the gate. Oh, so, what yeah. else is happening? Why is this night? Why is this this first night so big? Guys, guys, they're having an election for local local politics elections. They are having sheriff's elections. Oh my God, the democratic process, folks. Local local bullshit going on. Boring things being voted on and chosen. <laughs> The people rising up and saying which guy is going to drive around in a car with a flashing light on it, ostensibly keeping us safe. Um, it's great. And so yeah. what I like about this is that as all this is going on, as he's driving to the warehouse and getting in a shootout with these mysterious thugs, and as the other sheriff is learning that his wife is dying, 
there is also election results being played on the radio. <laughs> These two dudes are finding out if they're going to keep having their jobs. And yep. basically, uh, uh, Sheriff, uh, what, Fahey? Uh, or, uh, Jeff Fahey. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Je- what Jeff, Jeff Fahey as uh, Sheriff uh, Thorn. Thorn, uh, yeah. He fi- he as he is being a badass and killing people, he finds out uh, that he has won his election. He's going to keep being sheriff. But his best friend Tom Wopat, the sheriff in the ado- adjoining county, who has just lost his wife, finds out that he's lost by fifty votes to a uh, to another like a former basically deputy of his who was running for sheriff against him. And so now <laughs> now he is being replaced. So he's losing his job and his wife at the same time. I mean, it's I gotta a lot. say. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot they do kind of front load this pretty I, now that they i do. think back on it they they put a lot of stuff up front that that is um that builds builds out kind of the, i guess this is what i'm saying about the kind of complex world yeah there there's a shootout there's a uh, uh corruption there's a election result and there's a death all in the first seven minutes of this movie and and a man whose name is scooter who everyone <laughs> seems to be friends with just a local guy who just and his whole deal in town is he is he's like a mechanic and he just helps people he's a, and a mechanic and a narc and he he says things uh he says things in in like ADR that help to kind of bridge two different scenes when maybe there wasn't enough money to shoot a scene depicting yes. how they get from one place to the next that's and for that scooter we salute you thank you for your service uh, I do want to say I, I have the movie playing in the background, and I always said this isn't very religious. But the moment that he hears the re- election results that he lost Alden Tom Opat when he mm-hmm. lost, he's in a uh, hospital chapel, uh, oh. silhouetted by the uh, the stained glass window. And when he loses, he takes his badge off and sets it at the altar of the cross. So <laughs> there's no dialogue okay. there. <laughs> it's just something that's happening in the background, but uh, uh, but honest- that does exist. Okay, that does exist, but the way it's presented, it how, you saying that it was a Western really helped me to kind of, I was like, it can't be a Western, it's set in the modern day. But, like, that just, I don't know, honest, that's more symbolic than anything in just, like, yeah. notions of, like, faith and duty rather than him, like, reading a Bible or, like, doing this right, whole thing because right. Jesus wants him to. Like, that, that's that's really underplayed, honestly, given where this is showing. Agreed, yes. G- given that this, is, this was produced by Tammy Faye Baker's former <laughs> network. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's. I think the only other thing that I would say is that in that first scene where uh, where Zach Van Zant, the the suited classy criminal, is being yeah. held up by the by the uh, shady criminals, uh, the the cast there is Tweaker Nick Offerman and Tweaker <laughs> David Bowie. The one with the long hair is definitely David Bowie if he just um, was doing slightly different drugs than minute. the ones he actually did in his life. I and don't then think um, David Bowie ever had long hair. Well, yeah, I know, but the guy's face looks like David Bowie. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. So it's okay. like if you know, if he if he grew it out, you know, it, it you know, his his life affect you know the drugs affected him in a most peculiar way. Um, <laughs> okay, but yeah, those are my those are my biggest observations up front. But anyway, okay. um, well, let, let's do this. So because again, I don't want to go chronological because it's going to take too much time. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about uh, Jeff Fahey and Tom Wopat, uh in this movie. Their performances. Um, are you familiar with Jeff Fahey? I, I am not I am not familiar uh, with him. I am looking at him right now, and he has yeah. a wonderful picture on Wikipedia. Very intense headshot, uh, worth uh, every penny. <laughs> oh, shit! Um, I, he was in Silverado. Yeah, he he is just a one of those that I'm happy to use the term prolific on. Uh, 179 credits, and just kind of pops up in strange 
things. Like he was uh, the pilot on Lost. Um, I can't remember his Whoa. name offhand. Uh, Frank, the the one who's trying to get them off the island. He comes in like the third or fourth season. Yeah. Um, he was in Lawnmower Man. <laughs> he was in Wyatt Earp. Uh, I remember him from this really <laughs> kind of bad horror movie called Body Parts. Um, mm-hmm. He's done parts on TV shows. I, I mean, he goes all the way back to the 80s, and I would be remiss if I didn't men- uh, mention uh, Darkman 2 and 3. Oh, yes, yes, I see him there. Die, Darkman, Die, one of the best sequel subtitles <laughs> that there ever has been. It, so it seems like he's really made a career playing like prominent like second banana bad guys in Westerns. Would you say that that's true? Uh, and he would play second banana. Yeah. Kind of the, the kind of crazed one where it's like, you yeah. don't know exactly. Can you trust, trust him? Is he going to go a little too far over the edge? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in, in, I would say prestige Westerns. Yes, that's true. In the B movies, he is hundred percent top build villain. Uh, oh, okay. he's, he's the main baddie in dark man two and three. Um, he was, at, but he all also played like in lost. He was a good guy. So it's he has range, uh, but he's kind of a he has a weird presence on screen. Um, it's not just this film, but you definitely feel it in this film. And maybe it didn't hurt that I thought he was a bad guy for the first 15 minutes. But like he seems a little unpredictable. I don't know. I can't like he, he's got kind of crazy energy about him. I, he, he he does. I think he has crazy energy about him. And I feel like Tom Wopat's character has. Sad dog energy. <laughs> yeah, sad, sad, angry energy, which is a which is a difficult combination of energies, especially when you know the guy has a gun. Uh, yeah, I don't love the way like I don't love the chemistry in the scenes between these two guys. I'm going to be honest, mm. because mm-hmm. it for me, it is so much I don't it, that it's, are it's, you, too, are you it's talking about when they they wake up into the hospital next to each other at the very end. I don't. And it I don't, becomes like the most forced Abbott and Costello routine I, ever. Yes, I. I mean, I mean that. I mean, it's just it. They have this kind of you know they have this ball breaking back and forth that would probably work. You know, it works if it's like you know Ray Liotta and and Joe Pesci or something <laughs> right. getting really it's into it. But Robert Duvall and and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, this is this is just two guys. This is just two guys kind of almost like just reading hostile like <laughs> lines at each other and then laughing afterwards. Like it doesn't feel sometimes like they're even in the same room. And, and there's just so many things, uh, things like, Oh, I thought she was going to divorce your, you know, your ugly ass years ago. Ah, well, at least I've got a woman in my, you know, just, just, just like... at least I got an ass flat ass. <laughs> you got that flat ass from sitting in your cruiser all day. I'm out there walking the street. Getting my glutes in order. It's just kind of exhaust. It, it's exhausting, and they feel exhausted while they're doing it, which makes yeah. me even more exhausted sitting but through it, it. it. There's there's not much of it because most of the movie Jeff Fah, he's in the hospital in a coma. But not as much as I had expected because coming into this movie and knowing the blurb is that he, is that okay they used to both be sheriffs now only one of them is a sheriff and then the sheriff one gets shot and the non sheriff has to 
solve the sheriff's murder. I'm like in <laughs> in the first scene when he's in the warehouse, I'm like, okay, yeah. sheriff's going to get shot and we're going to be off to the races. No, he doesn't. There's then a scene at the barbecue <laughs> joint, the first scene where there's a shootout and the sheriff gets shot. And I'm like, okay, boom. Like, okay, starting on page eight. Great. We got like 88 minutes of movie here. <laughs> no, he's still not dead. Like by the time the inciting incident of the mystery happens, we're less than an hour away from the credits rolling. Like this movie <laughs> really just kind of takes its time easing into this slow burn mystery. That's why I'm so excited for the sequels because there's no more like backstory that we have to front load it with. Just like give us that that opening <laughs> opening scene with the crime starting so that we know what to look for throughout it and then cut to Tom Wopat just like nursing, I don't know, a bullet wound or scraped knuckles or something and let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and then and then we're intercutting between that and the uh, and the election results for the county school board district two election, <laughs> and it's we're gonna we're gonna find out whether whether the guy who wants to do a five year bond measure to fund uh, additional music courses is gonna win, or if it's going to stay with the person who actually wants to right. cut funding. I um, <laughs> I actually have a really important question for you that yes. I, I want you to know that this. A question came out to me while watching this, and it would never have occurred to me if I wasn't friends with you. Okay. How – because the cafe uh, – the, the cafe is on the county line. Uh, yes. There's a big blue line that runs right through the center of it. On one yeah. side, it says York County. On the other side, it says Marshall County. And yeah. the two sheriffs, they sit at a table that goes across this blue line <laughs> – Jafahi sits on York County and uh, uh, Alden, he sits on uh, Maxville County. Yes. Um, not Marshall, each, Maxville. Each each representing their own, they each sit in their own county. at like yeah. It's like the demilitarized zone in North Korea where they have the little meetings. To the point where Tom Opat wants to uh, uh, order a drink and Patricia Richardson, who plays the owner of the cafe, says, well, you know I can't serve that to you on your side of the line. And so he's like, okay, well, then it looks like you're going to have to serve it to to, uh, Fahi. Uh, Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, you know, I can't charge it to you either. He's like, well, I guess it's going to go on his tab. Uh, You know, throwing it shit at Anyway, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the back and forth. Yeah. I'm getting very off topic for the question I have to ask you, which is this, the whole concept of this cafe is that it's straddling two counties. Yes. What are the zoning rules for that? Okay. Landon, I'm so glad you asked. I I think I think it's fine to build a, a business that that straddles the county line because like I, I you know, I there would probably be some agree, agreement of like the taxes get paid on whichever side you're more on. Oh god, this is already getting too boring. I the I think not, zoning, not which I side think, the cash registers on. Well, it should be which side the cash registers on. That would make a lot more sense, and maybe that's maybe that's the way uh, maybe it's the way Sheriff uh, Clint Thorne would run things. But um, <laughs> I, I no, I think the real the real question here isn't so much one of zoning, but like why would anyone like why build your restaurant here if you know that one of the one of the counties it's in is a dry county? Like that's you, <laughs> the gimmick of your restaurant is that half of it sucks. Like like you're you're just just build it build it like fifty feet to the left or the basically to the left so you can be in the drinking yeah. county you can make a lot more money off that maybe you can yes. pay your your kitchen prep guy more than fucking 60 bucks a day you slave driver <laughs> over here uh but yeah the, this count the 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 county line restaurant i think plays into something which i also find charming about county line which is that everyone living in these two counties is just like the 
the county that they live in is so big like it's so wrapped up in their identity like they everyone yeah. cares so much about their county and the welfare of their county and their relationship <laughs> with the adjacent county like and i just i don't i don't have these feelings about people who live in ventura yeah. county uh <clears throat> well, or san here, bernardino county <laughs> the thing is that i think los angeles is too big for one thing to really mm. feel that possibly um, possibly and I, I was going to agree with you, though. Uh, I think I know my counties now just because my with my job, I work with counties. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have to kind of know all of the county borders. But so, so I, what, which I is know your favorite the Wisconsin one? county lines. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I haven't eaten at all the, the county line cafes here in Wisconsin <laughs> yet, so I'll let you know. Which, um, whichever, whichever county uh, Patricia Richardson works in, that one in the county next to it will be your, your front runners. <laughs> uh, that said, when I lived in Michigan, and maybe this is maybe because I was younger, but uh, I knew what county I lived in, but I, I couldn't tell you what else was included in it or like what personality Livingston County had over, I don't know, Wayne County. I, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. Uh, so I, I, I'm wondering if that's just a, like a Southern thing. Would you, I mean, like on, on election it's night, would you yeah. sit by the TV and, and watch carefully to see if the sh- same <laughs> sheriff, if your sheriff was getting reelected and then also cross your fingers that the sheriff in the neighboring county was also getting reelected, like with the uh, local news no. report on the fact that the, that the sheriff in the other county was getting elected because <laughs> everyone in town knows the sheriffs are friends? Um, no. Is, is, no. Or is that I, a Southern that. thing too? <laughs> that, that might be a southern thing where well that's kind of what i'm I'm wondering here is like uh is the county so sparse in population that it basically has you have to like you know there's not enough people in one city you have to expand it to a county to really feel the community does that make sense i i mean i mean maybe like on the one hand i that's that's almost like you're playing civilization six or something and you get enough uh, you get enough food <laughs> points so you can level your city up to a county and then you like can claim the diamond resources nearby and the uh-huh. crabs at the beach uh but no also that just yeah it's such basically your county is your community because the, the town is just like a couple buildings scattered over a lot of yes. miles yeah i can i yeah. can get that yeah um i don't know and i guess i guess when all there is to do is uh Either go to the go to the racetrack, eat at the barbecue place where half of the restaurant you can't drink, uh, or I guess be in weird criminal <laughs> conspiracies. You have nothing to do but think about who the sheriff is. Yeah, well, I, I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, well, because the thing is, you might know the sheriff personally, and so you have more invested in it. It's like true. We, right now, we we have sheriff elections, and like I don't know either of them personally, but like I have to do my research on on them. I'm not going to feel personally invested outside of their politics, whether yeah. or not they're good, you know, they're a good fit, but I'm not going like, oh yeah, uh, God, I don't even know the names of the people running for sheriff right now, which says a lot, which says a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's the, you know, maybe maybe you should move to either York or Maxville County or whatever, <laughs> you know, that that might be the, the change in scenery that you need. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I, I think that, but, but uh, you know, uh, county pride aside, um, what are your feelings on Tom Wopat specifically, like in this movie? Do you think he's giving a good performance overall? Oh. I mean, are you? Well, actually, I want to come back to him. I, yeah. I, I want to come back to the individual performances. I know we were talking about Fahi, but I, while we're talking about the cafe, I, I want to go to the next kind of big scene after the opening 
which is when we're introduced to the diner. <clears throat> we just yes. talked about it, and Patricia Richardson uh, owns it. But there's a shootout that happens. A couple of guys that we saw from the opening. Uh, yes. Already out to, of jail. Try to rob the place. Um, and this is where, again, my confusion came in because I recognized them from the beginning, but uh, wasn't sure why they were shooting Jeff Fahey. And I was like, is he going to fake his death? You know, is this going to be a, Eventually. a reindeer game situation or, you know, what? But, um, well, I, yeah, I, 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 I want to talk about the shootout for about two hours. Well, and it would take that long if we do it in entirely slow motion, the way this shootout plays. Um, yeah, the the three the three dudes, the Prattler brothers, who are arrested in the first scene. That, now, this is taking place a year later. This is a year right, after right. he after the the election night where he loses and his friend gets reelected. This is a year after uh, Tom Wopat's wife dies. And yeah, they are there. Tom Wolpat steps out to take a call from his doctor telling him he's got a heart condition and he needs to eat right. And he tells his doctor to fuck off. He comes back in <laughs> and the Pratt. Well, yeah, we can't forget that, that Tom Wolpat has a heart problem in this movie. Yes. And and possibly in real life, too. We don't really know. Um, but he he comes back in and the place is being held up by these. Same... Are, you, are you are you suggesting those are documentary scenes like a doctor <laughs> was calling in the middle of the scene? Tom, your doctor keeps calling. And, and and look, Roger Corman would be like, "Yeah, go with it. Write it into the script. We can't. We cannot afford to stop shooting." <laughs> That's great. We'll cut. We'll cut those. If it doesn't work, we'll cut those scenes into a separate movie about a guy getting a phone call. <laughs> um, but he he goes out. He comes back in. Places being held up by the same three like hillbilly ne'er do wells, like uh, like Tweaker Offerman and Tweaker Bowie, and some other guy who doesn't have a have a celebrity analog. Uh, who they, who the, sh who Sheriff Clint, whatever, who Sheriff Fahey, Fahey, uh, shot it out with called, like one year ago. This is Clint from now on. Who Clint, who Sheriff Clint was shooting it out with like one year ago. So am I led to believe that these guys who got arrested last year in a violent shootout where people died are now just back out on the streets? Like they, what, probation? They're on bail? They're what? just boys being boys. No need to wreck, wreck their futures just because they shot up a few warehouses. You know, I I told I told the judge not to send them to Arkham Asylum. I said that place is so easy to escape from, and he would not listen. And and now they now they now they're also jokers. They all have this makeup on, and it's even more insufferable. Uh, yeah. So that but yeah, they they are holding. This is also the first of of. Many, many scenes in the movie where Tom Wopat's character walks into an ambush and then has several people pointing guns at him and is nonetheless able to get the drop on them and shoot people. <laughs> like, right. He is, his, his predilection for walking into ambushes is only outweighed by the ambusher's uh, stupidity and inability to shoot straight. <laughs> uh, yes. But, okay, so this shootout, though, that happens has given me a gift. This movie mm -hmm. has given me a gift that I wish I had in season one of Home Improvement. Well, what is that? Uh, Cause oh, yes, that, gift I know that gift is a slow motion shot of Maddie played by Patricia Richardson mm -hmm. taking no shit in people trying to rob her business. Yeah. And while Clint gets shot and moves, falls backwards with his eyes wide in super slow motion and a a stray shot goes <laughs> behind Tom Wopat and explodes a straw dispenser. <laughs> One of the weirdest shots in the movie. Uh, 
that I'm sorry that that is the most that is the most political statement in the movie. They're being like, "What we're not supposed to use plastic straws? Let's waste okay. a million of them." <laughs> Liberals. Okay, go uh, on. A guy's getting away. Maddie isn't taking that shit. No motherfucker's getting away from her. She pulls out a shotgun that was hidden under the cash register, points it, does not hesitate, and shoots the motherfucker. Doesn't kill him because it's a family movie, but uh, yeah, wings him though. She doesn't even blink when she pulls that trigger. It's a slow motion shot of Patricia Richardson taking zero shits. And mm-hmm. next time Tim acts a fool and pisses me <laughs> just... off, I have that mental image now of just like I am going to mentally slice <laughs> her shooting his shotgun at Tim whenever some shit goes down. You know, if we've if you've seen the uh, YouTube trailer going going around for uh, for the dr- dark dramatic Frasier reboot, where they cut together a bunch <laughs> of shots from like dramatic movies yes. with the Frasier cast in them, I feel like if we were to do one of those for Home Improvement, that is that that is definitely good. that might be the only Patricia Richardson footage <laughs> we're gonna have that looks like she's murdering Tim. We could have we could have some Tim Allen shots from like uh, uh, from uh, Red Belt or something of him. I don't know. If, I don't know if he dies in Red Belt. We should watch Red Belt and find out. But I don't know. This is my suggestion okay. for 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 when we make that fan edit. Uh, I love it. Anyway, um, Patricia Richardson doesn't have much screen time in this no. movie. She, uh, she great billing to screen time ratio. She is right up there in all the I think she's like yes. second build in the credits and she's in 5 minutes of the movie. She is she's pulling the Ned Beatty weight in network for sure. Yeah. Uh, go, way to go Patricia Richardson's uh, reps. Very very good. Very good. <laughs> Treat our um, queen right. Uh yeah, but I th- like so there th- something else about this shootout that is representative of the whole movie to me, which is like they don't have to like they don't have to be as stylish as they're trying to be. What they're trying to do doesn't always work and it's a little hacky and cheesy, but they don't they're putting more effort in than they need to and for what it is I appreciate it. I I I really liked honestly I really liked this shootout a lot and my favorite part of it is when the sheriff gets shot and and I stupidly am assuming that the movie is going to get right underway with this and this is the thing they talked about on the back yeah. of the tin he gets the second the bullet hits him we hear just the sound of the uh, heart monitor flatlining the exact same sound that he heard when his wife died and it's mm. like and he and then we cut to uh we cut to tom wopat seeing this and reacting and it's all in slow motion i'm like okay like this is like that's a that's a good kind of artistic you know callback yeah. thing all the people who are important in his life are being taken from him one by <laughs> one and like and then it's like oh he's got a vest on oh well i mean good good bit good bit anyway i wish that the story had actually let that moment have its full impact but it's 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 really nicely right. kind of it's 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 shot with some style and, and art to it they 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 open kind of strong yeah i agree uh well actually yeah let's talk about this because they this movie also is doing something kind of interesting um you mentioned <laughs> the the kind of volatile friendship that they have. But yes. that aside, which to me is just like a, a poor attempt at, you know, f- an old how do we make sure they're old friends? You know, like there's mm-hmm. there's such old friends that they, you know, can shit in each other's mouth and, you know laugh about it i don't know yeah they could they could they could yeah they could do a human centipede they could be at the back end of one and still be still be friends afterwards that's the kind of bond that i don't even think we have yet landon 
<laughs> not until not until you have been co you know not until you have sheriffed adjoining counties can you truly <laughs> truly <laughs> I mean, uh, get to that level their, their counties are already half of a human centipede because <laughs> they're touching each other Landon, okay, Landon, touching alone does not a human centipede make. I'm sorry that our podcast is degraded to the point that I have to explain this. But well, I, I mean, I, it's you, sewn together through bureaucracy. Okay, okay, well, actually, actually, no, damn it, Landon, you've, you've got me now. Yeah, America truly is the greatest human centipede oh. of all. Just, just a, thousands of counties sewn together through bureaucracy, all shitting on one another. Uh, anyway, folks... Uh, <laughs> Well, now that everyone is unsubscribed from our podcast, uh, and it's just you and me talking, uh, if you got weekend plans? Oh my god. Gonna go back up to the Dells? I don't know if you're gonna edit that whole thing out or keep it in. Either way, I want it for my personal record. Okay, that's good. Just so, yeah, for your personal records, so you can destroy them and make sure no one ever knows. (laughs) I want the originals. Oh my god. Okay, my point was that (laughs) <laughs> despite that kind of uh you know hackneyed attempt at establishing old friends through that kind of humor i, I really do like that they are putting forth like a, a healthy male relationship here yeah. um i mean you know granted it, it so i don't know what it's <laughs> don't don't dig too deep on what it's based on but at least the the you know like really looking out and caring for your friend and being, you know, emotionally moved when something happens to him like that. That's, I feel like somewhat uncommon. I, I agree. Like from this, this, this type of stuff. Yeah. Like this movie is like, it does a good job of showing dudes having feelings and having emotions in a way yeah. that I think a lot of Westerns were maybe, you know, before or older Westerns would be reluctant to do. But this movie is not saying that boys don't cry. Boys do cry and boys do <laughs> care about their friends and boys yeah. do steal a police car to go see their friend in the hospital immediately <laughs> yeah. in a, it, you know, in a, in a sweet, in a sweet gesture that also has slight echoes of crazy on the outside. <laughs> Luckily, no sound effects and and weird animations. But um, uh, yes, there were there were no ghost black and white mothers in the front seats of trucks. This movie far and, and there away were ample that. opportunities for that. Yes, honestly, a lot of talk about their parents. <laughs> so okay, I know we we said we weren't going to go chronologically, but there there's a scene here that really took me down a mental rabbit hole, mm-hmm. and it it plays more into the foundational aspect of this movie. But the next scene we get after the shootout and, you know, we see that Clint's fine is the uh, the I don't know. Would you call it an arraignment? What would you call it? The two uh, shooters that they caught, they bring into the courthouse. It, but it's just Clint talking to them. It's it. This isn't an arraignment. This is an extrajudicial interrogation. Uh, he has uh. two suspects and they're just using the courthouse, I guess, because the space is empty. But no, he's just got the two of them there, no lawyer present, and starts questioning them aggressively about, like, I, I don't oh, know. The symbol. the symbol. The symbol. Yeah, the symbol, yeah. which, I don't know, one of them had it tattooed on their neck. It's the symbol of these two triangles that look kind of like fangs that was also seen on an envelope at the start of the movie. So yeah, yeah he just, and so he just gives them a kind of, uh, you know, lengthy, uh, folksy, cornpone well, speech. Uh, you, you're, you're skipping over it. I think it's pivotal to... Okay. I think it's pivotal to not necessarily this movie, but this type of entertainment. So this is what I was uh, uh, <laughs> really butchering at the top of the show. You, you did a pretty good where, job off the dome with it. 
he like they're in this courthouse and he's looking around and he he has them they're handcuffed they're stuck to the chair and he like goes on this long personal monologue about the courthouse and his dad and being part of the community and everything and in the midst of this turns it into some sort of accusation on their character to get them to talk mm-hmm. okay does that sound accurate yeah yeah it sounds accurate to me yeah okay this reminded me of Columbo in a big way. <laughs> and but let me explain why. Uh, just uh, one more thing. I want to go oh my god. <laughs> it's Columbo de- possessed by a demon. Yeah, uh, you, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Uh, just one more thing. <laughs> god, what has this episode become? Uh, uh, <laughs> we we've we've crossed a line. We and, and and as the tagline for County Line says, <laughs> some lines must be crossed. Here's why this reminds me of Columbo. Columbo, most episodes, you start with watching the murder or the crime happen. Mm-hmm. It's usually murder because he's a homicide lieutenant. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Always a murder. Uh, <laughs> but we, we see who did it. So there's never any question as to who the killer is. Mm-hmm. And we always know Columbo is going to get his man, right? That, yes. That's just, there's no way not to. What, yeah. There's always a moment in a Columbo episode, though, when he's finally put the final piece of the puzzle together. And he knows he's got the suspect. Like, mm-hmm. hook, line, and sinker, there's no way they're getting out of this. And he gives he always gives the suspect, like, one last moment when they think they're off the hook. And in doing so, he goes on these long personal uh, uh, stories about his wife and meatloaf or oh she loves going to the shows but we know <laughs> who knows what but yeah. he always takes a moment to, to let them think that they're free while divulging his personal life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which has big echoes here and then then he goes oh yeah just one more thing I got uh, you know what <laughs> You, you left the, the orchestra wearing your orchid on your lapel, and then you came back without it. What happened to it? How did it end up in the dead woman's hand? Okay, you're coming with me. Mm-hmm. Um, go, go with me. Uh, we, we've come this far. Would you yeah. say that there's echoes of that in this moment? Uh, yeah, I would say he is a corn pone Columbo, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it, 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 so all of that... It, it, once I started thinking uh, down Columbo and like Murder She Wrote and Matlock and all of those shows, mm-hmm. who I think have a similar audience to this, like mm. I started wondering about the nature of like, well, why the fuck is Columbo so entertaining? Why is this movie so entertaining at what it does? If I know the good guys are gonna get the <laughs> bad guys in the end, and like, you know. It, this one we don't know who the the assassin the attempted assassin is, but mm-hmm. you know in most Columbo we do. Why why is it still riveting? And I have a theory, and I want to just mm-hmm. put it out there for you. Yeah. Okay. It's generational comfort and generational nostalgia. So okay. When I was introduced to Columbo and Murder She Wrote and those types of shows, it was from my grandparents. And I have a nostalgia for these shows from watching it with them. However, mm-hmm. I think the reason that they liked comfort stuff, knowing you know the the, the Full House theme song, whatever happened to predictability, yeah. I think that they liked knowing that because they had such a tumultuous life, like with mm-hmm. World War II being so disruptive, not knowing if they'd ever see 
you know, someone else that they love again, not knowing <laughs> if they're going to go into the war and get killed or just so much unsuredness. Their entertainment becomes comfort and predictable. Mm, and and so the and then they they probably didn't like Full House because that you know <laughs> that that was a world that was completely unpredictable as lamented by the opening lines of the theme song. <laughs> uh, well, I think yeah, I think so, that I think that's a whole other thesis. That show is saying whatever happened to predictability, we're going to bring it back. Oh, okay, okay, I see. I never, I only ever watched the opening credits. I never watched the show. Um, uh, I think that. So I don't I don't really know how honestly it wouldn't be very predictable for me because I have no idea what happens on the show. I think that so so what you're saying is that kind of a movie like this is mm-hmm. it's a it's hearkening back to your Columbos and your murders she wrote in terms of yeah. just you you know they're gonna you know they're gonna get the bad guy in the end you know this is all gonna be okay right. it's really just I mean, about having it, fun watching the characters figure it out. Who do you think is actually watching this outside of people who do a home improvement podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I covered these sorts of things. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, people who have the TV on while they're folding laundry or people who are, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I really but don't I know. Mean, who, is there appointment viewing on, on INSP films on INSP network? <laughs> I don't, are, I don't are, know. Are, are, are people gathering around the television set Probably. at seven o'clock after dinner to turn on the latest offerings it's, from INSP? It's quite possible. Uh, I, my guess would be probably, you know, Nom vets and you know other other people who are aging into like their their sixties and seventies now and are just like rocking in their their lazy boy watching you know Martha's in the other room doing the ironing and they're watching something on the TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and these and the characters in this identify themselves as Vietnam veterans, so I guess that's kind of uh, you know also making a you know this movie is again also oh, pitched right. to them. That's how they met. They met back in Saigon or something, getting kicked yeah. out of a bar. Yeah, right. Um, well, that's when they try to do the fake out later in the movie. Well, yeah, and there's a there's a line. Uh, oh God, what is it? You you two have carried each other through more wars and mayhem than anybody else I know. So that implies that actually they weren't just in Vietnam. Maybe they were in Desert Storm too. Maybe they went to Grenada. Oh, wow. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe they participated in the bombing of Kosovo in the late nineties. I you know, lot of lot of different options. Uh, uh, and then here they are. Back in their their small town. Did we ever establish what state this is in? This is in Georgia. It's in Georgia. Okay. Yeah, it's on okay. it's on license plates or something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's a big thing at the end of the film saying shot in Georgia. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, basically every movie is shot in Georgia now, but this is also set in Georgia too. It's not just it's not just Georgia standing in for uh, New York City. Yeah. Um. Well, let me let me transition from what I was just saying into uh, uh, some more examples of the like subtle family value stuff that I would assume is the, the criteria for the insp. Yeah. Um, which is like we shortly after that transition to uh, his daughter coming home, mm-hmm. she is about to uh, in four weeks go out uh, to serve. So she, no, it's, there's, this it's is like, it's true, one week, you know, Oh, it's one it, week. Yeah. Yeah. Like bare naked ladies said it, man, one week until she goes to war. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought it was four weeks. Yeah, he no, has this movie so little time with her, and he's and out he... there fucking around being a detective. What are you doing, dude? Yeah. Spend it with your daughter. Yeah, well, I mean, his his best friend did get assassinated almost, and his best friend's almost, almost widow begged him and was very passive aggressive to get him to volunteer to be a private investigator to <laughs> find the killer for free. <laughs> I, I want to talk about Clint's wife so much. 
Clint, yes, Clint's wife Jordan is um, is uh, <laughs> to me. She has big uh, country fried Lorraine Bracco and Goodfellas energy. That's what she felt like to me. <laughs> I, I actually. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, uh, especially with where she ends up at the end of this thing. Uh, <laughs> she does have that, like, yeah, I might be part of this patriarchal, uh, you know, country life sort of deal, but, man, I'm going to fuck some, some stuff up uh, if you take what's mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could I could definitely see her flushing cocaine and guns down a toilet. Um <laughs> I mean, if the if the if the if the tables were turned just a little bit, and hey, there's two more movies. Maybe she'll get into some some criminal enterprises. Hey. Well, it looks like Jeff Fahey's not returning, so uh, I'd be surprised if she does. Well, well, then, well, what are they going to kill him again? Like they had so many opportunities. <laughs> this guy, they could have killed this guy so many times, and then they they claim to kill him, and they spoiler alert. That's a that's a big old bust. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's also faking a death in this movie. But uh, yeah, so what what else what else about family values? I mean, it, like the the fact that they're really for a kind of action oriented mystery. There really aren't that many deaths in the movie. Like yeah, they... all the there's a lot of gunshots, but there's no blood. Um, usually, someone's wearing a bulletproof vest, or it's just like cotton exploding out of the jacket. Um, a-, a team energy, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I I don't know. To me, the the daughter like not only that she's a trooper, but that they're really focusing on the father daughter family relationship. Uh, that was kind of a big, I don't know, uh, tipping of the hand. Um, mm-hmm. Also that he's a pig farmer. Yes. <laughs> he, but just, he has three pigs, three pigs total. That's the total number of pigs that he has, but that's enough to be a pig farmer, I guess. I guess so. Let's, I want to bring in some of the other supporting cast in here and some of the other scenes. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the the guy who won over uh Alden uh over Tom Opat the the guy who took his job the new sheriff yes. in town Yes, I'm trying to figure out what that guy's name is. Uh Preston, I oh. believe. Yeah, yeah, Sheriff Preston. Um yeah. he's uh yeah, so the, the the guy who takes over for him is this I don't know, he's he seems to be both friendly and a little bit antagonistic, and he kind of alleges at one point that the reason that he got elected sheriff over Tom Wopat is because he actually spends his time out in the community, like, solving crimes and fixing things instead of sitting on his ass eating barbecue with his best friend, which to me was kind of like, wow, I mean, I I can't say I disagree with him. Like, you do, it, it seems <laughs> like, I the, the, fact, the fact that there are so many different unrelated criminal enterprises going on in these two very small counties <laughs> makes me think that Tom Wopat really was not a great sheriff to begin I with. Know. And the fact that crime, we are repeatedly told crime is sharply down under the new sheriff, Sheriff Preston. <laughs> so it's like, well, uh, I, I don't know. I can't, I don't know how upset I am. That, yeah, uh, I know. I, but I also want to see the, the demographics of his numbers. Like is crime just down because he's, you know, stopping every person with a you know a broken taillight and maybe you know soft drug offenses like who who are actually in these jails yeah that's a no that's a very good that's a very good point uh, i'm sorry we have to we have to stop the show right now everybody i'm pulling the emergency button uh i you don't pull a button you push a button uh so so sheriff preston is played by an actor named grant goodeve and yeah. uh you know 
he does some voice acting, and folks, if you've played the video game Team Fortress 2, he's the voice of the engineer. So if you've if you if you've heard the spies sapping my sentry uh, meme at some point, maybe like ten years ago, and it was relevant, you were hearing Sheriff Preston speaking to you. Uh, if you played Star Fox Assault, he was the voice of Wolf O'Donnell. So um, he's he's had uh, for me at least prolific and very influential career. <laughs> I'm gonna see him again soon, as I'm just about to finish up my uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, the Great Twin Peaks rewatch. So uh, he oh, yes. has two episodes in the return that uh, I get to look forward to. Uh, that is uh, that is very exciting. Um, but yeah, so he is. Uh, well, no, I mean, I, I I said I said it sounded like I was dismissing you, but I was really just looking to see if I recognized any other video games he'd been in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he's it's, the it's slick... a kind of dismissal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I was basically admitting I was more interested in finding personally relevant information on his Wikipedia page than engaging with your life and your lived experiences. Landon, you, you know yeah. what? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You deserve better than me. If you ever get shot, I promise you, I will actually invest in in trying to find your killer. Um, there, there is one actor I have to talk about in this movie. Yeah. Okay. I want to set up the scene. Uh. Tom Wopat has agreed to become the private eye to figure out who shot Clint, and we didn't. We, maybe we should talk about Clint getting shot uh, c- as well. C- but. Clint, Clint, Clint is a hobbyist uh, amateur race car driver at a local speedway. One you night know, he's he's doing. You're Paul Newman. Yeah, yeah, t- typical. Yeah, who who among us has not uh, taken a few turns around a dirt track in a in a dune buggy? <laughs> but he is uh, racing late one night with nobody else there except Scooter, and a sniper shoots him, and he is very badly injured and goes into a coma. Uh, okay, we're up to speed. Okay, okay, great. So that puts him into the coma. His, you know, we just went through. His wife hires uh, Tom Wopat to be the private eye. He begins his, um, you know, search for clues and and following the trails of things. And at some point, it brings him to he, he goes back to the racetrack where he was shot. He finds a bullet casing. And well, actually, <laughs> the mechanic finds the casing and gives yeah, it to scooter. Him. So, so like he's not even doing the detective work. <laughs> yeah, mo- he's mostly doing the beating people up work. It's really scooter blows this thing <laughs> wide open. Uh, uh, we didn't even talk about how he fights. He kicks someone in the face at one point, And it's like a full body kick. But like one of those where you could tell it hurts to get off the couch. <laughs> Yeah, like he has to kind of rotate his body to get his foot off the ground. You can and almost not hear... in a spit kick fashion. Yeah, just more of a fashion. <laughs> like they, they, they were not able to record sound. Everything was done post because of the noises that were being made on set. I, I'm sure both. Yes, both both from the top and the bottom of him. Um, I think we. I, anyway, yeah, go on. Go ahead. No, I was just going to get us to the scene of this actor I got to talk about. Okay. Uh, so he, he gets his bullet casing, and it's a very you know specific kind of sniper bullet casing, and he's mm-hmm. able to quickly track the source, which is um, to this other, another, a fourth rival gang in this town. Yes. Uh, where he goes in, of course, you know, all guns are starting to point at him. Every minion has a different haircut, so you can get the different action figures. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, <laughs> The, I, I the cannot. Mi- I cannot wait for the Funko Pops for County Line. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go on. The main uh, bad guy in this, you know, the the ringleader of this particular uh, group is played. Uh, his name is Kelvin Kilby. The character yeah. name. And he's That's played a good by evil Mark name. Ashworth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this dude is easily the best actor in this movie, and like, well, I, I, I hope Patricia Richardson is offended right I, now. I, I listen. 
it's not any fault of hers that they don't give her too much to do here. It's but true. Mark Ashworth like develops a character out of this and like really sells a shit out of this. He, he he's kind of like a Southern Sean Harris. Uh, mm-hmm. If you know who Sean Harris is, not off the top of my head, but I've probably seen him. He, Let me Google. He was one of the the Mission Impossible baddies. He's Scottish. Uh, he played the he played King Arthur and uh, oh, the Green Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this guy. Uh, anyway, uh, Mark Ashworth is kind of looks like Sean Harris and just has that kind of wiry, unpredictable vibe about him. Uh, I am just shocked that he. Uh, at his performance in this movie. Like, I absolutely expect to see him in bigger movies sometime. I, I, well, and, well maybe, maybe by bigger movies, do you mean uh, County Line all the way? <laughs> oh my God. He oh, better all be. in. I, because, yeah, I mean, he is, he is, uh, it is a kind of a captivating performance, and his character is built up. Like, when Tom Wopat is, you know, when he gets the lead from, uh, from Zach Van Zant that, oh, the only person who'd, Who'd shoot oh. a, a bullet like that is My. Calvin Kilby. Holy he, shit! Hold on. Yeah. Sorry. I just recognized something else that he's in, and I, it just blew me away. Uh, you know, and and just a moment ago, there was there was some roasting going on because I was not listening to Landon but scrolling a Wikipedia page. So I just want to, you I, know, I, on <laughs> on both sides of the county line. Ways. Yes, exactly, exactly. We're both eating barbecue <laughs> over here. I would shit in your mouth just to let you know. <laughs> Now you just go back to your pig farm and land in and read those facts you just read about actor Mark Ashworth. Mark Ashworth was in an episode of uh, the Shudder TV show Creep Show. One of their most memorable episodes. I'm kind of like hit or miss on that show, but this episode was unforgettable. I think it was written by Dana Gould. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it, it's a zombies take over a public television station and... Mm. There's a uh, Bob Ross type of character who's kind of the Ash from Evil Dead type yeah. of character who has to save the day, and yeah. uh, he plays he, he play uh, it's Norm Roberts, but he's playing Bob Ross essentially. It's yeah. this dude. This dude is doing it. Uh, oh, that okay. is uh, fucking amazing to me. I'm gonna have to go rewatch that episode. <laughs> okay, well, well, okay. Uh, every everyone go watch that creep show episode. We'll do. We're eventually going to do county line work, I guess, and just start watching every movie <laughs> that that the county line cast members have been in. I would not be opposed to that. Uh, what what I would. Um, but the thing about this guy, about Calvin Kilby, who Mark Ashworth plays, is he always told, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's you know, oh, only only Calvin Kilby uses a gun like that. Oh, it's so dangerous to go out there. Oh, you got to be careful." And it, you know, he goes out to where Calvin Kilby lives and it's like it really feels like playing fallout 4 because he just walks into the middle of the woods and then there's this big abandoned industrial building surrounded by dudes in ski masks and kind of like mismatched combat gear with a variety of guns and they lead him inside and it really (laughs) i don't know it almost it feels like wait are you guys just always doing this are you just always hanging out out here, what what's so dangerous about Calvin Kilby? Yeah. It seems like he's just he and his dudes it's, are just in the middle of nowhere, hurting no one. <laughs> it's it. I know it. It really harkens back to like eighties and nineties uh, uh, gangs on film. Like this is what I picture: Kurt uh, Kurt Redwood, Redwood, Kurt, the guy from from RoboCop. That gang is just like always. Oh, Kurtwood Smith. If they're not, gang. if they're not out, like actually stealing weapons and shooting bazookas in the street then they're just in that like warehouse hanging out but they're always holding their guns at their side 
Yeah, it, it's like, and here, it's like, it's not even like there's people putting cocaine into bags or, like, doing business, like, stripping down guns or something. It's just, there, there's not even computers or, like, beds. It's just, like, they, they all just stand there doing idle animations until until Tom Wopat <laughs> arrives. <laughs> and and again, and again, if, if you were such a good sheriff, why are these guys out here in your county? Why is there right, just a weird right. militia? <laughs> um gonna avoid further comment on that um yeah. why no why is there a weird militia has been my just evergreen response every time i turn on the news for the past yeah. couple of years now yeah oh god what i, what I wouldn't give for a normal militia can we just have some normal militias <laughs> folks please oh my god um so, okay so we got to talk about mark ashworth and i'm happy yes what i think that the mark ashworth scene this drives home i i or like there's a point that I want to make about Tom Wopat's character. There's also a point I want to make about Tom Wopat, okay. but we don't have to make it right now. Sh- no, uh, Tom it. Tom Wopat is Alden Rockwell. Uh, I don't think he's a good cop. I, I don't yeah. think he's good at his job. And I think that... I hear you. I, and it's not just... Not in the sense of, like, me here in the real world with my beliefs about how, you know, policing is not done <laughs> correctly right now. Even yeah. by the standards of this movie and the Western logic of this movie where being a cop is about, you know punching people and shooting it out and getting the bad guys he he's just not he's ridiculously incompetent because he walks into (laughs) ambush after ambush but he's got grit he's got grit uh he doesn't know it like in this scene where he's out in the uh in in the you know fallout 4 warehouse with calvin kilby cal you know the the going theory that the actual police have is that the third fugitive Prattler brother, the one who was not arrested, the one who Patricia Richardson injured as he fled the scene of the of the yeah. robbery, the theory is that the third Prattler brother uh, is the one who shot the sheriff, but not the deputy. And what uh, what he learns in this scene when he's interrogating uh, when he's interrogating Calvin Kilby about who possibly could have done this, uh, Calvin Kilby says. You know, he's asking, well, is it that is it that fugitive Prattler brother? And he says, oh, well, which one? Didn't you know there's four Prattler brothers? And this is like huge news to to uh, Sheriff Wopat. And he goes yeah. running out. He's he, this. And it turns huge out, in fact, this is the 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 halfway point of the movie. Oh, yeah. And but so the, but he finds this out and it's this huge revelation for him. But it's like you were sheriff of this county for years. You were <laughs> you were tangling with the Prattler brothers over and over. They're like the local yeah. criminals. So you don't even understand basic information about like you didn't do any police work all that time figuring out how many Prattlers <laughs> there are or where they live or anything like that. And I and I don't know. And then also when he leaves this scene, he is like the way that he's gotten this information is he is, you know, he's basically pulled a gun on Calvin Kilby, the most seemingly dangerous man in in the county, and has held him up at gunpoint, used him as a human shield to make all the other guys throw down their guns. He gets the information. When he finds out there's an extra Prattler, and indeed that extra Prattler is a guy in the room who runs out, he goes off chasing him. He just runs away. The guys all pick up their guns. He jumps on a motorcycle and steals it and is riding <laughs> off. They borrow this. They have a clear shot. Like Calvin Kilby, who we know is a great sniper, is pointing a gun right at him. He's I riding away. Tom Wopat, Tom Wopat has his back turned to a room full of men with guns who he just pissed off. He is riding away from them. And he isn't even like zigzagging or ducking no. or trying not to get nope. shot. He's just riding in a straight line. That would line. be cowardly, Truman. <laughs> because, because, yeah, and I guess because then Calvin Kilby could shoot him, but then he just stops and goes, no, respect. And so... He- 
And Tom Wopat knew that. He's like, I've earned the respect. I don't need to swerve. I could just go straight. So, I mean, I guess, are you saying that makes him a good cop by the logic of this movie, that he just is able to know when he has earned a bad guy's respect enough that he doesn't have to worry about getting killed by them? Well, I don't think that makes him a... I I don't think both... I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think both are true. He is a bad cop, but he also knows when he can earn the respect of a criminal. Another And another reason, actually, that he is a bad cop that I think ties into this is that er, a little earlier in the movie, shortly after signing on to be a private detective to, to find this killer, he's just sort of oot and a boot in town, and he <laughs> sees a local teenager on a skateboard go, and he's doing some graffiti under a bridge, and right. Tom Wopat just goes to that kid, the kid pulls and tells, you know, confronts him, the kid pulls a switchblade on him and threatens to kill him, and Tom Wopat is unfazed by this. And he then basically picks up the kid's skateboard and backpack and starts walking away and makes the kid follow him. And what he winds up doing is taking the kid to Patricia Richardson's restaurant and making him whitewash a shed out back, like Tom Sawyer style. And this this makes him immediately nice. This kid who who is still armed and tried to kill him, he is now brought close to this woman who he is involved with. And then Patricia Richardson, after one after watching him whitewash half of a fence, goes like, I'll give you a job, 60 bucks a day, doing kitchen prep for me. See? So, it's all it takes yeah. is a tough, loving hand to turn these kids around. And, you know what? And yeah, and that may be true. And that may be true. But then that, that fourth Prattler brother, who he chases out of the Fallout 4 factory and chases down <laughs> on the motorcycle and catches up with, that kid, yeah. when he pulls off his ski mask, it's this kid, Nat. It's this kid who was doing the graffitiing and everything. That kid is the fourth Prattler brother. Now, you'd think a, a good... Uh, someone who was a good cop and was smart about yeah. public safety would not be threatened at knife point by someone, immediately take them and leave them unattended with a female friend, and, and then... The reason you don't do that is because you don't know who that person actually is, a.k.a. the member of a violent crime family implicated in the assassination of your friend. I, mm-hmm. he, he makes a lot of poor judgments, even by the standards of a made-for-TV Western. I, I, rest, <laughs> I rest my case. Uh, okay, your case will be considered. Yeah, in, in, in county court? or what? Yeah. You're, I mean, you're right. But isn't that the whole, like appeal of the character i am not okay i i want to be careful about how i go about this but like for who this movie is appealing to it's like sure it's baked into the character to not care too much about the rules sure yes of course and so like it's it's all about when he's choosing to turn an eye uh on on the rules like Okay, I'm just gonna skip the whole, you know, arrest jury by your peers process, and just go, you know, cut to the cut to the chase and save us thirty years, and put you to work, uh, and you'll be grateful for it. I, I mean, look, I and I'm not argue, I'm not trying to say anything about oh, he's not abiding by the rules. There should be a lawyer present. Oh, why not uh, do the paperwork? I'm not I'm not being a nerd like that. I'm just saying that. He is just making basic, like, tactical blunders <laughs> and failures. No, I agree that, with you. <laughs> that I, but you know, what, I, what I'm saying is what, what you see as tactical blunders, I think the intended audience <laughs> who is actually cheering him on, are mm. uh, they would call it something else. 
I see. I see. They would. Okay. I that no. That does make more sense. They see that as and like, when you. What a, what a I think. Man, that, yeah. When you probe the the area between those two opposites, uh, I think that's where you start to get into some questionable stuff about this country. I I mean, listen. Pro, pro, probing areas between opposites is is usually a questionable activity. Uh, but no, you're right. And I imagine that the intended audience for this probably sees him picking up a a street tough and just instead putting him to work and giving him a job and that making him nice. They probably see right. that as yeah, they, he's a good cop. So you make a good point. Um, I mean, because let's just do a thought experiment real quick. Say say the kid wasn't spray painting, but like you know, holding a knife to a girl's throat, right? He, yeah. would, he wouldn't come up to that same person and, you know, pick up his backpack and start to walk away. That guy would, you know, be introduced to Tom Wopat through, like, a spin kick. Mm, true, <laughs> you know, true. Like, it, <laughs> An anguished putting... spin kick. <laughs> we're... Hey, bartender, putting... make me and my friends a couple of uh, anguished spin kicks, please. <laughs> we're putting our faith into a man whose honor we don't question uh, mm-hmm. to take care of business and not let government get in the way. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. You're gonna okay, get there. Eventually. I got there. I didn't um, need to. <laughs> Landon, you're you're almost weird enough to join a militia now. Um, okay, I'm not so, saying I agree with that. I'm just saying I think that's how some people might see it. Uh, no, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, all right. So we've, you know, he's he's found out there's a fourth Prattler brother. The the boy who is the boy Nat, who he's you know picked up and, yep. and tried to straighten out, and then Nat the fourth Prattler takes him to where the third Prattler is hiding out. Um, Should we? Yeah. I I feel like we're grazing over the obvious here. Uh, I don't think we've talked much about Patricia Richardson yet. Well, okay. We, we have not talked that much about Patricia Richardson. She's because I feel like in this, (laughs) she's barely in this. And because I really like, I feel as though she doesn't, I feel like she didn't have a lot of direction here. And I feel like, Kind of the same way that Tom Wopat and uh, and Jeff Fahey never really feel like they're in the same movie. It doesn't yeah. like she just feels kind of like she's behind glass or like six feet COVID safe distance, even though this was made <laughs> before that. Like, yeah, I, I no, know I, I hear what you mean. Yeah, I, I, I know that she's a great actress. I know she can do great stuff. I just feel like she did like maybe they just didn't have a lot of t- I, she didn't have a chance a, to kind of have fun with it. Yeah. I, well, I go back to the 12 day shoot scheduled thing which is like mm-hmm. these are people feeling out their characters and dynamic while the camera is rolling sure. like there's no rehearsal time there's no let's meet up and, and talk this through beforehand what's the director's vision you know what did the writers intend for all this none of those conversations are happening so it's like you got to make a choice quickly and you got to rely on your natural chemistry as an actor with other actors to you know hopefully find it and you know just hope to god that the the director knows enough about what they're doing to uh to make it coherent i i agree with you a hundred percent and i think another factor also that i was noticing in a lot of these scenes is even just on a blocking level i think they were in such a hurry to shoot this that they didn't really have time to light more than one setup so it's not like Mm. her scenes feel very static where it's he's sitting at a table right she walks up hits her mark standing in front of the table and stands there talking to him and we cut back and forth between them and then she walks away in a wide shot there's not really a sense of very occupying the same space that's very television 
uh, style. You know, you mm. want your coverage. You know, usually, you know, this is a movie, but you know, usually with a TV style of editing or a uh, shooting, you shoot that way a because it's you know a showrunner show, a writer show, so they are the ones crafting it in <clears throat> in post, so they want the coverage, so they have options to do stuff. Uh, but also so that, you know, you can mimic that template from director to director, whoever comes in for, you know, subsequent episodes. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, a style that's laid out. So I, I think that there's that's what's you know, style they're pulling in here. I don't know if it's the director or if it's, you know, handed down from the producers and the, the network saying, yeah, we're just, you know, this is the crew you're getting. They're a television crew. This is the editor you're getting. It's a, you know, a television editor. I I just, I've seen another TV show with Patricia Richardson on it, where it feels like her, her presence on set and interactions with other characters are a lot more dynamic and involved than just her standing well, completely maybe, still maybe, talking to them and walking away. Let's let's come back to the eighth sequel of County Line once they've had eight years to work together and see what their dynamic is like. There, there would need there would need to be like two hundred sequels to County Line for them to get to the same level that Patricia Richardson is at with the home improvement cast. I want to see them. How many times can that sheriff get shot? My God, how many bulletproof vests can can we see when someone strips off their their shirt after getting <laughs> shot? Um, so I, I mean, I don't know. Sure, her character, you know, it's uh, yeah, um, uh, Clint, Sheriff Clint tells Tom Wopat early on, like, oh, she's sweet on you, and and but no, he's not ready yet. And I, I mean, it's only been one year since he lost his wife. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, and he's got, and of course he's got his pigs to keep him busy too. But right, I, it's I, just, I think he's well in his rights to go. I'm not fucking ready to date. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It definitely feels like he's being he's being rushed a little bit by the guy with a very much still alive <laughs> wife who maybe doesn't yes. quite get the situation. Um, but I, I also I don't feel a whole lot of that in in the perform for all the same reasons we just we just talked about. But it's just like yeah. I kept wanting to see that there, and it just there just wasn't, you know. And it's I um, mean, she yeah. as I said delivers him a cupcake. Do you just deliver cupcakes to people you feel platonic about? I, well, you know, if I uh, if I worked for DoorDash or something like that, probably I would. <laughs> And I, and I'd say, why are you spending so much money on cupcakes? You're a grown up. Eat a full size cake. Um, <laughs> that's why I do not work for DoorDash. I would editorialize way too much about uh, people's uh, takeout choices. Um, so, but yes, I mean, do you? What am I missing? Any Patricia Richardson bits that like any anything about there that that uh, jumped out to you? I mean, we talked about her shooting I... that guy. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that, as I said, is the greatest gift of all. Uh, and maybe I'll work on some way of trying to get a gif of it. But, um, yeah, I, I I, mean, she does well with what she's given. Uh, it's a – I'll say this. It's a version of Patricia Richardson I want more of. Mm-hmm. Give me, you know, bring out that, that southern twang in her and really, like, let me see the, you know, Lone Star State – badass come out mm-hmm. yeah uh I, and I feel like there's potential for that in the sequels like I, we got flavors of it here i want to see it blossom i i guess you're right this movie does and hopefully the sequel would have maybe a little more budget too 
I would like to see, yeah, maybe budget for Patricia Richardson to be filmed in any location other than the barbecue restaurant. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, like I would like to see a, a second movie where she is more thoroughly involved. She has more to do than just offer encouragement at a crucial time. Um, maybe she kills Casper Van Dien. I mean, I'm I'd take it. I mean, that would follow that would follow the tradition set by this movie of a woman kind of dealing the final death blow to the bad guy. Um, <laughs> so or or the or the knockdown and oh he was wearing a vest no no violence here folks uh, blow right um right. so so many so many vests yes like <laughs> brought to you by Kevlar County Line <laughs> uh so okay so the the fourth Prattler Nat takes him to the Prattler hideout where he is uh ambushed by the third Prattler with a sniper rifle but once again even though he has once more walked into an ambush uh Tom Wopat is able to shoot his way out of it and bring the guy in for questioning and the third Prattler, he, he brings him to uh, to see the sheriff who replaced him, Sheriff Preston. And the third Prattler basically blows the whole thing open, is that the the, the symbol, the, the fang symbol, the two triangles that he's been seeing, there's some new syndicate in town that has been, um, well, I'm sorry, not, let me take another So basically, he, t- he explains that what's been happening, the third Prattler, is that um, he... Um, I'm sorry. Every time I try to get into the explanation of this, I get hung up. <laughs> I'll tell you why, German. The plot of this movie does not matter. The, <laughs> the plot things that matter. happen. I mean, like, there's no way we could have known at any point who the actual killer was, who the fucking crime syndicate, what crimes are they doing? I don't, I'm not even clear on that. There's there's crimes happening, and Tom Wopat is in danger at times, and he's in charge at other times, and I know, you know... Even though people will be held at gunpoint, no one's going to die, and things will hit a status quo by the end of it. Like, that's all that matters. Yes. Okay, but but in essence, what the third Prattler helps them figure out or tells them is that the deputy, Deputy Sloan, uh, who was the deputy to uh, Sheriff Clint, uh, is actually super-duper corrupt, and what he does when he arrests people is instead of taking them to jail, he takes them down a country road and basically bribes them to do his bidding and like uh, i don't know stuff do like my that bidding do i mean yeah like he sounds like an evil english lord like the sheriff of nottingham <laughs> another another uh, sheriff who could have been in this movie full of sheriffs but so basically uh deputy sloan who is now the acting sheriff uh in the wake of clint getting shot is is corrupt and he has been uh making uh local thugs be like his kind of de facto army and he pays them with money marked with a double fang symbol which is also used to signify drop spots and safe houses around town. And also, uh, according to this Prattler brother, also sometimes it's used to signify danger. And that was difficult for me to, like, so wait, if I'm if I'm looking for the symbol and I need a safe house, how do I know that it's not warning me that this house is dangerous? How do I know when <laughs> the fang symbol means safe house and when it means danger house, don't go in? Um, are they pointing in different directions, maybe? I, but I mean, depend, I don't know. I mean, if it's sketched on a napkin and pen the way that it is in this movie at one point, like, it depends on which way you hold it. If you're, if it's, if the fangs are pointed down, that means you're on the offensive. If your fangs yeah. are pointing up, that means you're dead. So it's danger. Don't come in. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. That's, that's pretty sound. Uh, that's pretty sound, uh, uh, fang logic. I can't argue with that. <laughs> Um, uh, I have, I, so there's, this is one of the few notes I took actual notes. Cause I was just enamored with this movie. Um, the, 
the scene where it's revealed who it is. Uh, it's so fucking funny to me because, okay, walk me through some of the details because they, they've 100% slipped my brain. Tom Wopat, they're out in a parking lot, and some dude is about to tell them uh, who the killer is, right? Yes. So what's what's happened is that after fi- immediately after finding out that deputy now Sheriff Sloan is is yeah. corrupt, uh, uh, Tom Wopat finds out that Sheriff Clint he hears that Sheriff Clint has died. In a rage, he goes to the racetrack where he sees Sheriff Sloan hanging out. He shows him yeah. a napkin with the fang symbol on it. Sloan starts gets scared and starts running off through the crowd. He chases him into the parking lot, and then he's got Sloan there and is beating him up and interrogating him. And Sloan is explaining, yeah, I was doing all this, but I'm just a middleman. I didn't do the right. shooting. And then he gets shot by... <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, God, you're going to be doing it for a while. Uh, it's Sheriff Sheriff Preston, uh, the, the cop who won uh, Tom Wopat's sherifthood. Uh, the, the year before, the the sher- the sheriff who Tom Wopat had just taken the third Prattler brother to <laughs> yes. to explain all these things is in fact the chief of the conspiracy. The, the the sheriff who in the middle of the film he has a conversation uh, after he's he's brought some clues together and uh, Sheriff Preston is like uh, you know that that's York County's problem we got enough problems over here on our end makes this like grandiose point about putting Tom Wopat in his place and then accentuates that point by doing a real big suck on a straw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yet another plastic straw. We don't even care. One of the survivors of that uh, shootout. Okay. Uh, so this is the guy we're talking about. And I want to talk about the reveal here because <laughs> I, walk me through the logic. The deputy is saying, it wasn't me, man. I didn't shoot him. I'm just the middleman. Mm-hmm. It was actually, and then bang, bang. Oh, God, he shot him right when he was about to say the name. I guess we'll never know, except the shooter steps out from the shadow into the light. <laughs> like, yeah. you shot the guy from saying your name, and then you reveal yourself. <laughs> yeah, really kind of just a... Kinda, he was really just shooting Sloan out of spite. Like, that was just pro bono. That had nothing to do with the conspiracy. That was just some inner office bullshit between them. <laughs> You're right. It made no gonna, sense at all. I was going to reveal myself anyway. I just needed to get that out of my system. I And, and let's let's also note that, that this is a scene where a sheriff shoots another sheriff while a former <laughs> sheriff watches. So that's... That's the level of sheriff kink going on in this one scene. Uh, yeah, Sh- sheriff sheriff kink sheriff kink is the is the uh, adult after hours show on Insp Network, the cowboy themed uh, porno. Uh, I was gonna go with sheriff centipede, but I figured we we hit that well one too many times. Uh, yes, we did, uh, and it's full of very brackish water. Uh, so. Yeah, but so so Sheriff Preston comes out and basically explains that yeah he's been recruiting these bad guys into his into his bad guy army so they can do things that the law can't and and uh, Tom Tom Wolpat says well you you can't do that then you're just as bad as them but it's and, and again uh, Sheriff Preston makes a very good point back to him like uh, you kind of do shit like that all the time <laughs> yeah how does it feel getting called out Alden. 
like the point like the point that he uses or the fact that he uses to drive that point home is like well you found that boy doing graffiti and instead of bringing him to me to have the justice system deal with him you took him and had him whitewash your fence and i'm thinking well yeah sheriff preston you also just walked up on him beating the shit out of a guy who's the subject of an <laughs> investigation trying to like do vigilante justice so right you you, you could have called that thing out which is a lot bigger than taking a spray painting rapscallion to a barbecue restaurant <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean it's all. You know who we didn't talk about much. Who who did not who did we not talk about much? We did not talk much about uh Z- Zach Van Zant, which come on with that name. Zach Van Zant. It's yes. The the main drug dealer or I, I, is it question mark the the criminal I, overlord? <laughs> is that well, accurate to say? In, in, is this he is a, a don? Movie. I don't know if he's quite a don. They, they want us to think he's a Don because he's always wearing a suit. He's like the classy, like, businessman he's, criminal. He's this, a white these, collar. The, yeah. These two rural counties have multiple overlapping layers of crime syndicates. There's, like, the <laughs> lowest level is the Prattlers, and then there's Zach Van Zandt. Right, that, those, that's, that's the meth mafia. Yes. Then you've got then you've got the Sean Harris one, the <laughs> Mark Ashworth gang. Oh, yeah, are, yeah. Like, I don't know, the, the muffler mafia. They're, they're, no, they they re- they are really the Fallout Four faction. I'm going to keep going with that. They are <laughs> okay, they are a faction right. in a Bethesda game. They well, exist but I, in I, one I was trying location. to differentiate the the different kinds of mafias we have here. Oh, okay. They are the um, yeah, they're because they're the... they're like they're they're all riding motorcycles and shit. So they're like they're like the muffler, oh, okay. muffler mafia. You're right. They are the muffler mafia. So you and... got the meth mafia. You got the muffler mafia, and then you've got this kind of white collar uh, mafia. Yeah, well, a, I mean, we there's did... a caste system when it comes to organized crime. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that Zach Van Zant is dealing with the fact that he was in kind of the highest caste, and then yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> but now this new caste of the of the Fang Mafia, the uh, the uh, uh, Sheriff Mafia, the the I don't know, I, I need to I need to find an alliterative <laughs> name for the for the new the new top level mafia, which yeah. is really. And really, I think the genius of the two Fang Mafia is that it's just recycling members from the town's other mafias who get arrested by the corrupt sheriff. It's like it's taking them out of their existing gangs and making them into a new gang made up of all the gangs, which is kind of a Ninja Turtles villain level plan when you think about Uber, it. Uber gang, yeah. It's the strongest. Well, it's the strongest gang of all. Is, what if you took all the gangs from the Warriors and then you'd have you'd have a gang with all of the different wild personalities? They'd be oh unstoppable. You. <laughs> you have a, a a biker gang member and a baseball player in your gang. I mean, I mean, that's at that point, at that point, you're, you're fucked. You need Snake Plissken to come in to get the city back at that point. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> County Line is a prequel series, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Series. Before before they made uh, before they made New York into a prison or L.A. into a into a prison island, they just tried sending all of the worst <laughs> people to these two counties. Uh yeah, but so it's it's a you know it's a town with a lot of crime that I I guess it makes sense that it's going to take you know it's going to take multiple movies it's going to take three movies to yeah. fully fully clean up these counties. Uh, like I said, they they did a wonderful job world building and and making the town the counties feel bigger than they are or th- bigger than what we see. So we have to have more time exploring it. Yeah. Well, actually, wait. No, I'm sorry. I just realized it uh, in my haste. There, I did briefly eclipse Va- Zach Van Zant. He is oh. what I like. He is kind of the gentleman thief or the gentleman 
criminal of the town in that he is like, uh, like he went to high school with Tom Wopat and they were like, or he went to a rival high school and they both wrestled each other or something, or they were on opposing wrestling teams. And he's always been committing crimes in both counties and he and Sheriff Clint could never quite catch him. And they kind of like, they don't like each other, but they also have a grudging respect for each other. And like when, <laughs> when, he, when Zach Van Zant comes to his house and, and points guns at his daughter and then Tom Wopat and his daughter beat the crap out of his guys, Tom Wopat just doesn't call the cops and get Zach Van Zant arrested <laughs> out of like courtesy. Right. So long as he promises to apologize to his daughter on the way out. The <laughs> you know <door>. why? <laughs> respect. Respect the same, the same respect. Like, Tom Lopez looking down a sniper rifle at him as he just <laughs> saunters away in his Mercedes. Respect is kind of the glue that holds all of these different coexisting mafias together. <laughs> so, okay, uh, here I want to start wrapping up, and here's what I'm worried about, Truman. Is mm-hmm. we we've been kind of bouncing all over the place uh, from front to back and back again. I'm not sure that we gave a real, like, succinct feeling of what it's like to watch this movie. So, is there uh, any way you can sum up your experience and and do what Roger Ebert gave as advice to, to other writers who wanted to write about movies, which is let them know what it feels like. Uh, what it feels like to watch this movie. Uh, this movie... Could I just say the words honky tonk and leave it at that? It's kind of a honky tonk. <laughs> uh, it's uh, uh-huh. this this movie's like uh, this movie's like getting in a bar fight. I'm gonna be honest. It's like winning the bar fight. It's like getting in a bar Both fight. Both of with those your... honky tonk and bar fight feel a little too rowdy for this film. I think this is a little more. I don't know. Just as I I said, achy. A little more achy. A little break. <laughs> a, a little more breaky. Would... And it's got yeah, more heart. A little, a little more achy. A little more breaky. I I mean well listen maybe that's that's maybe that's uh, yeah and that can be your that can be your review of it obviously but I mean okay, I, sorry. to me no it just it, it feels like the vibe of you and your best friend are drinking at, at your favorite bar some people come in and start some shit and maybe they're making <laughs> comments about your best girl or something like that so you try to like talk talk them down and they like spit on your shoe or put out a cigarette on, on your chest or something. And then mm-hmm. you and your friend look at each other and you make kind of a, kind of a remark to each other. And then you start beating the crap out of them. This, and like, it turns into a barroom <laughs> brawl. And then by the end of it, you know, everybody gets knocked around a little bit. And by the end of it, the two yeah. guys who you beat up are both kind of like holding beers against their heads and say, Hey man, I'm sorry. It was fucked up. Hey, yeah, you're, you're all right. Y'all pat each other on uh-huh. the backs and you both, you all kind of split the costs to the gruff bartender for the damage that you've done, and you go on with your night. Hey, hey, that's yeah. hey, that's where I want our relationship as friends to get to. Just FYI, I want us <laughs> okay, to do that at a bar. So when I'm I come there. to Wisconsin, B, okay. I think that this movie is that kind of vibe to me, though. Of just like, wouldn't it be great to have a friend you can just go out and raise hell with, and you'll do anything for him, and in the end, everybody turns out okay, and you take a few lumps, but that just makes you tougher. I, I don't know. That's that's how it made me feel. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. You you turned me around on on your your reaction. And that's that's. I'm glad I turned you around with words and didn't have to start beating you up because we're we're always the, the nature sorry, of our sorry, friendship is I, we're always one step away. Should I have insulted you to take that first step in that direction? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, make some make some comment about how how much barbecue I eat or how how close I am with my uh, with my hogs or you know how dead my wife is or something. I don't know how you're going to barbecue when all you use is a crock pot. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I am. I think I'm actually going to die, like like in, like in the movie. By the way, 
We might have left people hanging on that note. Basically, after oh, yeah. uh, a- after after uh, after Jordan, uh, Sheriff Clint's wife, uh, shoots and knocks out Sheriff Preston, the bad guy. Uh, uh, Tom Wopat has a heart attack. All the cavalry arrives. When he's in the hospital recovering, he finds out that next to him in a hospital bed is, what, Sheriff Clint still alive and eating bacon and making jokes? Yes, when he woke up from his coma and found out what was going on, he faked his own death. I don't really know why. Um, but yeah, so so Sheriff Clint is back and okay, and the movie ends with uh, 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 Sheriff uh, Tom Wopat gets reelected as sheriff after the sheriff who replaced him is found to be corrupt, and they're all sitting at the county line restaurant, and it's, uh, uh, you know, Sheriff Clint and his wife on the one side, and it's uh, Sheriff Wopat, and what? Patricia Richardson sitting next to him on the other side. <laughs> that's that's uh, how the movie ends. That's how the movie ends, and I'm totally fine with it. Uh, I, I'm all in on this series with just this one entry, so long as they don't get to, like, country line election results. You know, like, uh, then I'm going to start hmm. to, <laughs> I'm going to start to question uh, I, the, the, what they're pushing with it. And, and then I will question what they are pushing far less. Um, But no, but how did, <laughs> how, describe this movie, how it made you feel. Yeah. I mean, did it make you feel different than, than a bar fight with your best friend? Here, I, I want to try to give what it feels like for, for listeners who are wondering whether they should watch this. The answer is yes, but let me, let me paint, paint it for you. This movie, to me, feels like Nick Nolte was working on the set of a Western and fell asleep in his trailer to an episode of Columbo and had a... This is the dream he would have. (laughs) (laughs) If you mash all of that together, Nick Nolte's, like, craggly, uh, everything hurts, it hurts to fucking speak... I can't even speak my lines. <laughs> can't uh, even do you... my roundhouse kicks. <laughs> uh, if you cram all of that, the Nick Nolte package with Columbo and a Western, I think you got this movie. Like mm-hmm. that's what it feels. If you if you want to wake up hungover, if you want to wake up as Nick Nolte hungover on moonshine, because you're <laughs> you're doing a method thing for the new western you're working on. That's with, with what the, this movie's like. Waking up with the sticky taste of bourbon in your mouth and uh, banging your <laughs> banging your forehead against the glass coffee table you passed out underneath. But but not even though that that's that's the distinction. Like that puts me no in glass mind of an actual action movie, an actual western. This is more like he's drinking maybe I don't know herbal infused bourbon. Like there there is some sort of like modern man aspect to it that isn't quite you know waking up in your own puke. Now now okay, can you have Tom Wopat say the words herbal bourbon for me, please? I want to hear him say it. <laughs> <laughs> you try it, and then I'll try it. <laughs> come on, come on. Let me hear it, Sheriff. What 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 are you drinking there, Sheriff? It's just my herbal bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Got a problem with that? <laughs> you've been you've been sitting around so much talking to your pigs drinking that herbal bourbon. <laughs> you ain't even been out on patrol. <laughs> All of you left your herbal bourbon in my glove box in the car that was once yours. You've been drinking herbal bourbon until you turned purple in the face. Okay, well, you know. <laughs> the, 
diminishing effects in you know times it's it's you know honestly i feel like um i feel like it was wrong of me to criticize the dynamic between uh between tom (laughs) wolpat and jeff fahey when we can't even manage to say the word herbal bourbon back and forth (laughs) at each other more than a couple times um Look, it's a, it's a, you, I came into this movie ready to really kind of roast it with a laughing negative review, but you've really come around. Like, I'm, I will say it is, you know, this movie is what it is, but you're right. It's when you look at it as a Western and you hold it to the logic of a, of a, you know, just kind of par for the course TV movie Western, it really does within that framework, grading it on that curve. Yeah, it, it does the trick and it has enough kind of charisma to it that I would, that I would watch uh, yeah. the next two, um, although I might not stand in line in the rain to go see them. <laughs> yeah, this is like we brought the the term up earlier, Hallmark Western. So like I, I'm completely unfamiliar with Hallmark and, and Lifetime movies, not that I have anything against them, but like whatever the top tier Hallmark Christmas movie is, this is that in the Hallmark Western genre. Man, we've got to now we got to figure out what the what the best Hallmark Christmas movie of all time is. I guess that's oh, our next sure podcast. To a thousand Buzzfeed lists. <laughs> yeah, but they don't they don't take a definitive stance. It's more like here is a list of them. Not the they didn't actually put the they didn't actually you know do the d- right. the number crunching and the data and the hard film analysis to figure out which one has the most merits. Um, more, I would call that a burn feed. Um. One last thing I want to say that I probably should have said at the beginning of this, but yeah. I want I want to I want to just address Tom Wopat briefly because we're gonna be talking okay. about him more when the sequel comes or when we watch the sequel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's worth noting that in 2018 uh, or 2017, probably around the time this movie was being filmed, Tom Wopat was arrested in Massachusetts for uh, repeatedly sexually harassing and uh, inappropriately grabbing multiple female cast members in a regional theater production oh. of 42nd Street that he was doing. Ooh. And and so, you know what? I, I'm going to say, you know, fuck that. And I'm just going to say that all our talk about Tom Wopat, we're not trying to excuse, you know, that behavior. I didn't even know. And here's the thing, Landon. I think this is a good thing, a good little factoid to go out on because I'm I'm actually quite fond of it. Uh, so uh, during his arrest on August seventh or on August second, twenty seventeen, uh, the police in Massachusetts found two bags of cocaine in Tom Wopat's car, and Tom Wopat uh, told the police in the course of being uh, booked and arrested that quote he buys cocaine in large quantities and uses it over time. Um, and I have two two things about this. Two things that I want to wow. say to to dunk on Tom Wopat, who I don't like because of this these this news that I've read about him. Not the the sexual assault, not the drugs. Uh, one, telling the cops that you buy large amounts of drugs and then do them over time is not going to help mm-hmm. your legal situation. That's pretty stupid. Um, two, then <laughs> uh, most importantly. Of course you buy large quantities of drugs and do it over time. That's how drugs work. That's how doing drugs works. You don't just buy you don't just call your cocaine dealer every time you want a little cocaine. You buy a large amount and you keep if at least if cocaine works anything <laughs> like the way weed does, which is not that I go to the dispensary every time I want one hit of weed. Like like telling telling them that is not changing <laughs> right. anything, Tom Wolpat. You're just saying, "Hey, these are drugs and I do drugs in the way that drugs are done." Like it's it... <laughs> So I I want to say so uh yes a little bit of a sex pest 
Um, yeah. But also no. for for someone who has played a lawman in so many shows, or someone who is very good at evading the law in other shows, he really sucks at weaseling out of a situation in real life. So he uh, <laughs> maybe there's a little hubris there. He got one year of probation uh, for that. So um, I guess huh. it's I, I guess it's okay. I guess justice served. I, I dish, sure. I don't know. Anyway, Tom Wopat, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, taking us out on a downer. Just providing the facts. Not the commentary. I have nothing to say to that. Uh, I don't, you know, watch it. Let me just say this. Watching additional county lines is not an endorsement of him. It's no, absolutely an endorsement of Patricia Richardson, which is what's on the tin of this show. So yes, it's an endorse. It's an endorsement of Patricia Richardson and it's endorsement uh, of the concept of counties and the lines between them. What if if the fourth one is about uh, (laughs) uh, gerrymandering? Changing uh, county lines. Oh my god! The, I'm the upcoming election. Listen, <laughs> All of a sudden, listen. York and Maxwell are going to be one and the same. Wait, oh, did what? Because that's going to dilute the power of the black vote in those counties, which is a violation of the Voting Rights Act. You know what? Okay, Tom Wopat, go go punch the the guy at the local elections office, the party party appointed official who did that. Go go punch him. Go shoot him <laughs> in his bulletproof vest and teach him that one person, one vote. I'm listen. I'm I I am I am buckled in for a county county line for redrawing the lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, listen, get us on the line. We would love to write. Line? Uh, we would love to write uh, some sequel scripts to this. We're passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll take it somewhere. We'll, we'll we'll write we'll write a fifth one. We'll try and work Grandmaster Flash in there. We'll call it County Line Five White Lines. <laughs> that's a little too close to home for Tom Wopat. Uh, well, that, that's how you get him on board for a fifth oh, movie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's part of his community service. <laughs> Maybe this whole thing is him uh, doing community service. You, you are sir, sentenced to give us uh, uh, two decades of Sheriff Alden and county line <laughs> shenanigans. Yeah, use that acting skill of yours for good, Mr. Wopat. I command it. <laughs> Uh, Truman, I have had a really good time in this episode. I, I, <laughs> watching, I have the, watching the movie and talking about it, uh, it's been great. It's you know the only way this evening could have been better is if we had gotten into a bar fight. And I guess there's, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess there's still time for us to each do it individually at our own respective yeah. bars. Well, yeah, it's nine here. I got about two hours left. Okay, well, listen. I'll, there's a bar around the corner. I'll call you and put you on speaker and start <laughs> okay. some shit. And you better do the same. I certainly will. Um, okay, so, uh, at this point, uh, there's nothing else, right? There's no kind of, like, outro or anything like that? We just hang up the phone? Uh, is there anything on this episode we didn't cover that you want to cover? I mean, I talked about, I talked about Tom Wopat's, uh, legal issues and made fun of them, so yeah, I'm good. Okay, then, uh, let's get out of here and say that, uh, this show is made possible by our patrons If you liked today's episode and want to help us continue doing the show through its final upcoming season, we'll get there eventually over over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Leave us a rating review wherever you listen to podcasts because it helps other people get uh, get aware. They they get awareness of the Mm -hmm. show so they can possibly listen and become patrons and help us finish. Um, Yeah, help us finish, guys. We're almost there. (laughs) 
We're almost there. Uh, stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at GruntWorkPod, and we'll be coming back with Force, maybe with this episode. I, I, I kind of want to get the word out about County Line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because uh, I know we've been a little silent for a while there. Yeah, yeah. We, we got we to gotta start that County Line revolution. It's on us. <laughs> uh, and you can always listen to this episode again and sign up for our newsletter and uh, other goodies over at our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com where yeah you do all that good stuff and uh, until next time when we bring you another bonus episode I've been Landon Solano I've been Truman Caps and remember all sheriffs are mostly bastards uh, especially the corrupt ones though Uh uh-huh herbal bourbon (laughs) 